Well, good morning, and welcome to another reading of the Bible. We're going to jump into Acts chapter 6 today, and I'm just going to read verse 1 as a recap of where we were. It says this, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily food distribution. So remember, early in the church, everything was in common. No one had need. This is the first time we see a need. It's because not all of the resources were being shared as they were in the early church. And this leads to discrimination. And we talked about how we have an internal bias towards people who looked or act or sound like us. And so the Hebrew-speaking people had a bias for Hebrew-speaking widows. And the Greek-speaking people had a bias for Greek-speaking widows to take care of them first. So how do they solve the problem? Verse 2. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time not our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And I remember when I was a young man, I first read that and I thought, man, how snooty, right? We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And I don't know what accent that quite possibly was, but I do know in my brain it was very looking down, like we're too good to run a food program. And yet Jesus says that we should be servants and that the least is always the greatest, like that we should be willing to wash the feet. So that really stood out to me and it it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so I read other parts of the Bible where it talks about the the body of Christ, the church, the group of believers is like a body in that it has many different parts and each part has a different function and that no one person is supposed to do all of the functions, that the body has to work together. And so in fact, it's very wise what they're doing. The apostles were uniquely qualified to be the teachers and preachers because they had been with Jesus. Like they had physically been with Jesus for years before this moment. And so their time and preparation could not be replicated in new converts who had just come to know Jesus. It could not be replicated. So they continued to teach and to preach. And if they had started to run this food program or take care of these widows directly, they would have had to stop teaching and preaching. So it's very wise. And in fact, this is the same thing that Moses did when he was with the Israelites and his father-in-law Jethro said, hey, you can't do this all day. You need to appoint some other people to do this. Verse three. And so brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. And so that's, that's essentially what they do. So they, seven men is what they choose. And the seven, I don't know why seven, other than seven is a holy number in Judaism. Um, so they choose seven men, but let's look at the three things that they're looking for, because this is what we're looking for in ourselves as leaders. And when we are helping to raise up other leaders around us, it says, and so brothers select seven men who are well-respected Okay, so if you're well-respected, that means you're part of a community. You've been a part of a community for a while. Um, You likely have a deep faith. If you're part of a Christian community, you are probably a very faithful Christian. Okay, so they're well-respected. They're full of the Spirit. 
So we talked about Acts chapter 1, you know, you're going to be baptized with water, but you're also going to be baptized with fire or with the Spirit, essentially saying that, yes, you're going to make a commitment to Jesus, but you're going to be filled up with Jesus' Spirit, which is a mark on you, guaranteeing your inheritance in heaven, and it's also this thing that moves through you, this uh, God moving through you to help direct you in every moment of your life. And the Bible's clear that there are fruits of the Spirit. So if you don't know what that looks like, you can just look up the fruits of the Spirit, and if you see them in your life, it's probably a result of the fact that you have the Spirit in you. So well-respected, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of wisdom. And so if you're full of wisdom, that means that you are leaning on God's Word every day so that you can learn from Him. You are trying to spend time with Him so you can act like Him, so you can be like Him, you can, uh, you can uh, serve like Him, you can love like Him, okay? So well-respected, full of the Spirit, full of wisdom. They give them the responsibility, and then the apostles uh, go on, and they stick with teaching and preaching. So I'm going to stop there, but I want to pray for us to be these kind of leaders and to raise up these kind of leaders. God, you are a God who is over all things. You are everywhere. You know all things. You are infinite, and yet we are finite We do not know all things. We cannot be all things. We cannot serve in all ways. And yet you call us specifically to do specific things, serve in specific ways, to be full of the Holy Spirit, to be full of wisdom. You call us to to live out our faith in a way that would cause other people to notice and to respect us for our faith. And God, I would pray that we would be those kind of men and women today, that we would raise up to be that generation. God, I pray that you would move on us in a mighty way to raise up leaders because we know the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. God, we thank you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.